0: Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: We welcome everyone back to Manhattan as Penn State gets ready to take on Mississippi State tonight in the NIT semifinals. Look, this is a team that Mississippi State a lot of people don't know about. But the bottom line is that when you look at at them, and uh, Dick Girardi and I had a long talk today with Fran Fraschilla over at uh, Shootaround today. And they're long, they're athletic. They have, of late, hit threes after spending most of the season not hitting threes. Uh, they haven't played like Penn State. They haven't played in a week, so we're going to find out uh, along the way where they are shooting wise, especially early in the game. Uh, the point guard's a very good player, uh, very good player. He has become, uh, in a lot of ways, a pass first. Shoot second guy, but he's actually he's left-handed, and is a good shooter. Uh, so we'll we'll see about this. The two Weatherspoons are very good. Holman comes off the bench, gives them some length. They do have shot blockers. This would be a game of all the games that Penn State has played in this month. There's only been one other game where I felt not having Mike Watkins hurt, and that was of course the Purdue game because of their hype. But as we all know. Uh, Mike's never played well against Purdue, but tonight having Mike Watkins available would help. But uh, I mean, it would really help because of the length that they have inside. They do have, you know, I mean, because they have a couple of shot blockers. It's not like they don't. They do. They have a couple of shot blockers, and uh, but they're a good team. But they're also susceptible to a couple things. They're susceptible to turning the ball over. That's big. They are susceptible to not hitting. Outside shots That's big Now what really helped them against both Baylor and Louisville Is they hit shots After spending most of the season Not hitting shots So that's where we are going into this one We're going to get Scott Fransky here I believe in a moment And uh, Sean will let me know When we have him And uh, we'll talk to him about the Phillies On the show it is uh, – but, look, this hey, look, this is – both teams are very good. Look, both teams are very good. You don't get to this stage unless you're very good. And what you've done is that once you get through the first game – and, look, I've done, a lot, obviously, a lot of NIT games. Once you get through the first game, which means you're over the emotion of – Trying to get into the NCAA tournament And don't hand me this Oh they weren't going to get in You're not a player sitting there Thinking that you have a chance Okay, You're a fan Looking around at the landscape And like oh you know I'm, you know, I'm objective You're a player You've won some big games as a player You think you've got a chance Then there's a disappointment When it's official that you're not in Now you've got to overcome that and you've got to be able to play. Well, against Temple, for 37 minutes, they played in the fog. Uh, then, once they get that last three minutes in, they play brilliantly at Notre Dame. They play brilliantly at Marquette. Uh, but I would I would also point out, too, that both of those games were very favorable matchups for Penn State inside. Very favorable. Now, tonight they'll have to overcome some of the matchup stuff. This is a game where John Harris is going to have to, again, make a step forward in improvement. It's another game where Julian Moore is going to have to be that rock-solid, dependable guy off the bench for you. That's what you're going to need tonight against them. They will get more of their points from twos than they do from threes by a wide margin. They Also, you know, the other part, too, is they don't get to the free-throw line much, Mississippi State. So if they're getting to the free-throw line a lot, that's not going to be great. Now, conversely, Penn State's been getting to the line. Penn State, in its last five games, has had a minimum of 20 free-throw attempts in each of the last five games. And Penn State is shooting 77% at the line in those five games. So that's been a point. Penn State's been able to not only hit outside shots, but been able to take the ball to the rack. And that's... Will be another key tonight In the ball game Can they get there And watch out for the freshman Nick Weatherspoon He is Chef Garner leads Penn State In charges taken This season Nick Weatherspoon Has taken 20 charges This season He was second in the SEC In charges taken It's pretty good for a freshman To play with that kind of savvy And He is uh, He's a good player Good shooter. Older brother, uh, Quinari is obviously the rock-solid guy that has the ability to to fill a stat sheet. He'll get your rebounds. He'll get you some assists. He'll hit some shots. It's a good player. Penn State, you know, the odd thing is, is Josh Reeves, who played really well against Temple, played really well against Notre Dame, didn't play well against Marquette. All right, and oddly enough Has never played well in Madison Square Garden So he's going to have to settle in And Josh is going to be a key guy for them tonight If Josh can settle in And play well tonight It's going to be important Because he's going to get Peters out of the gate Peters is listed at six one; He probably is 5'10 to 5'11 So Josh will have length on him And if Josh can play him well They're going to start out with Josh on him and that's how they're going to do it. At least to start out. Then after that, you switch up and you make some changes and adjustments as the game goes along. I think getting to the lead and playing with the lead is going to be important in a game like this. And it's tonight at 9.30. We'll be on at 9 o'clock this evening. 9.30 and a 9 o'clock airtime this evening. I know we're still trying to get Scott Fransky, right?
2: Yeah, we have another message into uh, Rob Brooks of the Phillies. See if we can make that happen today. I told Rob we got four thirty-five open in case Scott's running late.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, we appreciate the fact he's going to give us some time. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, but uh, that's the way uh, that's the way it plays out for the NIT coming up tonight. Uh, Zane Rutherford winning his second consecutive Hodge Trophy. Uh, I've, I know Kyle Snyder is a world champion. I've got that, but it's a different style. Okay, that's a little different style As I've said on the show many times And I know the fans will absolutely back this up Is that I think Pound for pound he's the best wrestler In collegiate wrestling Well it's the second straight year he's won it Now Penn State's won four of the last ten Hodge trophies Okay That's That's great That's great He deserves it He and Ed Ruth, the three-time national champs in the history of Penn State wrestling, but Zane Rutherford wins the Hodge Trophy as the nation's top wrestler. And
2: who'd have thought that Zane's last match as a Penn Stater would be against an opponent ranked fifteenth from Lock Haven? From Lock Haven, (laughs) and I grew up three blocks from campus, from Lock Haven. Ronnie Perry, who, uh, man, you want a a lot of people. pretty much called him the most underrated wrestler of the whole tournament though it was just for how far is he uh, wow. f- how far he got uh in that 149 pound bracket but uh definitely held his own with zane a lot of people thought that maybe ronnie got a takedown <laughs> there a little more than halfway yep. past the match it was very very yep. close but uh but he definitely uh i i was talking to some other penn State wrestling fans, and i got to thinking boy if Penn State were to lose the team title, and if it all hung on Zane not getting like a major or a tech fault, it all came down to that match. <laughs> yeah. But wow. it didn't, and uh, we know what happens.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh,
2: and we got a phone call coming Ronnie in. Perry. I'll see if it's Scott.
1: Give uh, Ronnie Perry a lot of credit. He That's bet. A great run by him. Uh, but, yeah, second straight Hodge trophy for him, and uh, give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I think pound for pound he is... The best in college wrestling And it's been recognized that way uh, Penn State basketball Tonight, that's why I'm here in New York As the Nittany Lions Get ready for Mississippi State I mean Both teams, you know, look Both teams have earned their spot to get in here uh, Simple as that uh, I Maybe mean, All four of them I mean, you, know, you have to play well to get to this point
2: Okay, we got Scott Fransky on the line for you
1: Alright and once again, uh, Dick Girardi and I will be on beginning at 9 o'clock tonight, 9.30 tip-off just down the street at Madison Square Garden. Let's go to Scott Franski. Scott, welcome. It's great to have you with us.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, Scott, let's, uh, let's start with the makeup of this team. What kind of message do you think that the Phillies sent to their fan base by the six-year deal they gave Scott Kingrey?
3: That they they intend to win games. Um uh, that that the tide has turned. They've turned the corner. I don't mean that it's you know they're ready to win the World Series or anything like that. But the, the the mindset is no longer just about rebuilding. The mindset is about winning, and they will play every night to win. And uh, you know you the idea was we're going to take the best twenty five players we've got, and Kingery was one of them. So let's find a way to do that to make sure he's on the roster
1: what i found interesting is they could have played the uh the game where maybe they didn't bring him up till May. They right. chose not to do that. To me that's the you know beyond the 6-year deal, to me that's the biggest statement they made.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it shows that if you're uh if they like you and and uh, you put the work in and and uh, they think you're ready for the big leagues, then then they're going to call you up. They're going to make find a way to call you up and uh like you know, like I said a minute ago, it's 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 a signal to the fan base, but it's also a signal to the the rest of the players. I mean, like it, it, this is on. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. And for younger players, minor league players, it, it's it's a motivational thing. I mean, they see that carrot dangling at the end of the stick, and uh, they want to get their theirs too. So um, it's it I you know. I was happy with it all the way around from from a Phillies perspective for sure.
1: Last year, out of 30 teams, the Phillies were 24th out of 30 in on-base percentage. J.P. Crawford is an on-base kind of guy. Santana has good on-base percentage numbers. If the Phillies can somehow be in the middle of the pack, what does that do for the dynamics of the offense, if they can get to the middle of the pack in just an on-base percentage?
3: Well, I mean, you know, the the general math would tell you they're going to score some more runs uh and i mean i think they the it's not just on base percentage uh, that's certainly a part of it but i think the team is a uh quite a bit more athletic than it was a year ago with the um, you know at, at this time last year i mean you you think back to the the players that were on the roster whether it be howie kendrick or michael Saunders, and i don't mean any uh you know any offense to those guys but mm-hmm. you know not as athletic as Nick Williams, you know, Aaron Altair is just about an everyday guy. Uh, uh, you mentioned JP Crawford. Uh, I mean, this, this is a team that can, and Scott Kingery, uh, uh, who is a tremendous athlete. So I think this team, uh, will find itself scoring some more runs. I think the on base percentages is, is, uh, somewhat bound to improve with the track record of a guy like Santana. Um, you know, I don't, I, you know, you, you hope that JP Crawford uh, can continue what he did in the minors and do it here in the big leagues. Uh, obviously, that remains to be seen. Same story with, you know, Reese Hoskins, Nick Williams, uh, even Aaron Altair to an extent. I mean, there's just not a long track record with any of these guys. So it's... Um, I heard it said today, Steve, somebody around here said that they have never seen a team that they felt like at this stage of the spring, you know, spring training comes to an end, that had as many different possible outcomes, uh, if that makes any sense. You know, I mean, the range of the number of wins that you could imagine them, you could see where it could go wrong, and they would be, you know, only slightly improved, or you could see where they would be much better. So it's kind of a wide range, I'd say.
1: All right, so now Franco's had a lot of pressure to be the, the guy to drive and runs the last couple of years. Do you see the way the lineup shapes up that guys like Reese Hoskins, Santana, can have the ability maybe to uh, take some pressure off Franco, maybe have him relax a little bit?
3: I would think so. Um, you know, that's going to obviously just kind of be up to Mike I mean, I think inherently it does take pressure off. Uh, nobody's asking him to be, you know, the, the middle of the lineup stud necessarily. They're asking him to improve. They're asking him to follow – uh, John Maley's plan for him at the plate and, and try to stay with some mechanical adjustments and give it some time to see if it works. Um, you know, but, but a lot of that still comes down to, to Franco. I mean, it's a hard game, uh, and and there's a lot that goes through a player's head. And so it'll be up to him whether he can deal with the pressure of it, whether he can deal with um, you know his own internal pressures, because he wants to be good, and uh, You know, he knows it's a big year for him. He knows that he's going to have to produce um, to to hold on to his spot. And, you know, just look at, hey, Scott Kingery's got a six-year deal, uh, and he can play third (laughs) base, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to ask you about Jake Arrieta. When you look at him, what kind of presence can he have every fifth day, but what kind of presence can he have the other four days for the younger pitchers?
3: Uh, You know, I mean – Every fifth day I think his track record speaks for itself and um uh, yep. the four days in between, um you know, I think the Cubs saw what he could be, um, you know, to help guys like, you know, Kyle Hendricks along. Um mm-hmm. he wasn't the only veteran on that staff, certainly. But um he's been there, he's seen it all, he's seen tremendous success both as a as an individual, but also as a team. And he's also seen failure. I mean, he was shipped away from Baltimore with, uh, you know, somewhat a pretty modest return for the Orioles. Uh, So he's seen it both ways. And, you know, again, I think he said, you know, at his press conference a few weeks ago, he's learned a lot more from his failures than he has his successes. And I think that's something that – You know, uh, young pitchers are going to have a lot of failure. Young players, but certainly as we talk about the pitchers. Um, And I think having a guy who's been there, who's somewhat vocal about it, uh, to to help a Pavetta or a Velasquez if they get into a rut, if they get falling back on bad habits or whatever the case might be, I, I think it could be a tremendous help.
1: This will be a question that's better asked in June once you've got a body of work to see in the regular season. But, at least, what's your initial read on the personality of this team after a spring training?
3: Uh, I think it's going to be loose. I think it's going to be a fun team. I do think it's going to be a hard-working team. I think it's going to be a team that uh, people in Philadelphia will enjoy watching from that standpoint. I mean, they obviously... Always appreciate a team that uh you know that plays hard and that, that that you know plays to win uh and I think they're going to get that now the outcome may not be the way fans like it every night, but I think this team is going to have a certain character and a certain drive to to put that kind of a product out there Pete McCannon
1: I thought did a real yeah everybody does I thought Pete McCann did a very good job. Under the circumstances, what kind of read do you have of Gabe Kapler as a manager, and is that a question better asked a month from now too?
3: Yeah, I mean we'll get to know him obviously a little better as a as a manager. There's there's almost no critiquing, decision making, and strategic stuff in spring training uh, because <laughs> that's right. It, yeah, I mean you're just not. That's not the way the game is. So. Uh, I, I think we would, you know, we'll see how he, how he manages. I, I, I get a sense he's going to be somewhat aggressive as a manager. I think he's going to, you know, I mean, a lot of managers say this, and it's easy to say, you know, I want to, I want to get guys moving. I want to, you know, try to take a base. I want to, you know, steal a base, whatever the case might be. Maybe hit run, whatever. Uh, Sometimes the personnel limits you in that regard as a manager, so um, I think I think it'll be interesting. I, you know, I know a lot has been made about how he's going to handle the bullpen, and I don't think we know quite how that's going to shake out yet either. So, um, yeah, I, I I would say reserve judgment on that because spring training can't tell us anything on that.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, believe me, personnel dictates everything as to how you do it, <laughs> yeah, you and I both know that, yeah, you and I absolutely. both know that. Uh, I'd like to see them make a change there, okay, with whom yeah,, okay. no. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, I'm around this every day, you're around it every day, we know uh when when you do look at the bullpen what what do you see? I mean, some teams can make this a a six inning game, some they can make it a seven inning game what do you have any sense on that yet with them?
3: Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know. I think Maris would really love to close. Uh, yeah. I I think Nishek and Hunter are probably you know best situated earlier in the ball game, but uh, you know, obviously Hunter's going to start on the DL uh, with the little hamstring yeah. string tweak. Um, you know, there's been some guys that have been a little erratic in spring training. You know, one that one guy that has looked uh, very strange to Brian Ramos who, you know, it seems like he's either striking a guy out or, uh, you know, giving up a hit with a run attached. Uh, he had just that kind of a up and down spring. Um, you know, Morgan, uh, he was unbelievable for two months. Is that Adam Morgan? You know, is that what we'll expect mm-hmm. to see over the course of a full season? Who knows? Um i think they're you know while there are question marks again this this goes back to that wide range of possibilities um if you yeah. get continued growth from naris garcia Morgan even Milner to a you know maybe to a lesser extent uh ramos uh then I just think uh, i think to me a big problem is gonna to be if the starters are not carrying at least a little bit of the weight um they're to, that bullpen will get run down, and I think it's going to take—it's obviously going to take more than eight uh, healthy relievers. I mean, they're going to have to keep dipping into the minors to to make sure that there's always fresh arms, and they'll they'll be rotating guys in and out all the time. I would guess. I mean, that's kind of the the way it's been you know the last few years in baseball. You know, the Dodgers were a classic example of that, and I, I would expect the Phillies to to do the same.
1: One last question. I'll let you go because I know we appreciate the time very much. Uh how impressed have you been? You know, we always hear about quote the process. Well now we're up to that intriguing part of the process. How impressed have you been by how the Phillies management has gone about doing this to get it to this point?
3: Uh I actually yeah, I think they've done a, a pretty pretty solid job. I mean they they stuck with their plan. Uh, they had a stated plan and they stuck with it until, you know, at, at which time they felt like there were certain things they could do, a la Carlos Santana, Jake Arrieta, but and but they never let emotion get in the way of doing it. They said, "Look, this is our plan. We're willing to do it for X number of years and for X number of dollars. Can we get it done in that?" Framework, and I think more of the years than the dollars. Um, but I, I, you know, it, sometimes it can be, you know, let's say you get four years, or you're, you're in discussions with somebody like Santana, and you offer them three years, and they say, "Yeah, let's put the fourth one in there." You know, they stuck to their guns. They said, "No, we believe three years is the right number." And um, and the same, you know, on Arietta, and you know, they got creative with you know finding ways to. Extend the deal with the options and things of that nature. So, um, I, you know, and again, you know, it's something like the Kingery move that we talked about at the start. Um, I, I think that signals uh, it's another signal for a new era uh, with the Phillies.
1: Yeah, you no, know, they've got some good players down in the minors too. I've had a chance to see them. So, yeah, look, this is an intriguing time. No doubt, Scott. Appreciate the time very much. Uh, your much outstanding you? work. Thanks for having me. Hey, your outstanding work gets us rolling here on Thursday. We're looking forward to a great summer. I appreciate it. Scott Franski, brilliant job as always. He's one of the best in the business, without question. Bottom of the hour, time now for an update as we continue. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
4: Ever had a bad experience at a car dealer? You You don't don't deserve that. Sunbury Motors Kia thinks you should be treated as great as possible. (gasps) So they're celebrating March badness. badness is for anyone who may have not been treated like they were number one. Get 0% financing for up to 75 months on 2018 Kia Fortes, Optimus, Sportages, and Serrano's. 0% for 66 months on 2018 Kia Souls and Sedona's. And 0% for up to 60 months on 18 Kia Rios and Nero's. All include Kia's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty on the highest-ranked brand in initial quality, according to J.D. Power, two years in a row. Plus, there's over 25 Kia-certified pre-owned vehicles on the lot. Price to move. There's no bad treatment at smc during march badness at sunbury motors kia bruce 11 and 15 hummel's wharf financing offers available to qualified buyers through payment financing in lieu of freedom. excludes kia stinger and Cadence. warranty is a limited powertrain warranty for details see retailer go to kia.com
0: taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motors studio here's steve jones
1: and the Sunbury Motors studio is mobile today in Times Square at the Marriott Marquis, Overlooking literally from the 18th floor looking straight down at Times Square. You heard Mark Lawrence use the words catbird seat. Well, it's in this city where that was talked about extensively. And... Because Red Barber is the one that came up with Catbird Seat. First of all, with the Brooklyn Dodgers, and then with the New York Yankees. Ah, the Catbird Seat. Here in New York. We're, g- we're going down. We're going down 7th Avenue to uh, uh, Madison Square Garden for shoot-around. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the traffic is... Massive. Took forever. In fact, I walked back. To be to make sure I was back here on time, I walked back. I, I and I beat the bus by a wide margin.
2: <laughs> I wasn't worried. And,
1: well no, I walked. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean look, it's only it's what, a dozen blocks? Come on, come here, break. Um and so Um and we're going down there and He pulls out, and Godfrey's the driver, and Godfrey's not just a good driver, he's a great driver. I mean, he's great. So he pulls out on 45th, but he makes a right onto 8th Avenue. Because it's the only way he can do it. I thought maybe he'd keep going and get over the 9th and make the left, but he didn't do it. So he goes up 8th to 40. 8th Street makes the right and now we're back on 7th Avenue so we're coming down 7th Avenue which means now we've doubled back but now at least we're going toward Madison Square Garden and Satchel Pierce says and on your right is our hotel (laughs) it's like these guys are pretty loose Uh, and then one of them said they said why are so many people why are all these people in the square and that's where they're getting tickets for Broadway so someone said somebody's getting their Broadway tickets. Uh, these people are all lined up to get their Broadway tickets. <laughs> the other guy said, ah, Broadway's overrated. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, youth. Youth. Lots of youth.
2: Sounds like the spot uh, where you're at now, that'd be the place to be on New Year's Eve. I can't imagine how much that room would be
1: for. Oh. Uh, my understanding is the room I'm in right now New Year, for New Year's Eve is $3,000 a night. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I was told. Wow the room i the room I'm in Shut the is three thousand dollars huh. is three thousand dollars a night.
2: Man, you can keep your ball yeah. drop. I'll watch it from the window.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, it probably would. Yeah, and say, uh, and something tells me
2: they don't take points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, how many points is this going to be? I don't know about a quarter million.
2: <laughs> Actually, from your from your room with the window, would you be able to look out and see the ball drop if it were New Year's Eve? Uh,
1: uh i can see the left side of the building i mean i can look str- i look straight down and i at i know so when so i look out my window i can see abc news and i can see good morning america okay well, so i can look out my window i can see that to the right of that is where the police station is and above that is the building
2: that's the epicenter i you can s- yeah.
1: i can see the left third of it maybe the left half of it uh I'd have to go to another location here to see the ball actually dropping. Okay. Now, I've had a room on that side before, up in, like, I don't know, like the 44th floor or something like that, looking straight at it. And, you know, the shame of this is is that uh, my brother's not here because, you, know, he, you know, he's seen all this with me. And it's his birthday today, by the way.
2: Yes. I will. It is, it we will is text the, the Sultan of swat right now. We'll send him a little shout. It at. is the yes, the Prince of Thieves. <laughs> uh,
1: it is his birthday. I want to make sure we got that in there. So he's celebrating oh, his 20 fir-
2: So he's celebrating his twenty first for like the what the thirty third year, something like that.
1: <laughs> um, it's, it's been a while. Give or take. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Well, he's younger than I am, so. I have nothing I can say uh in regards to age. And we were sitting around the other day and the players were talking about eating this or eating that and my guy picked up something to eat and they said, Oh I said I said no offense, I said, I made it this far. And they looked, Oh yeah
2: <laughs> So let's see. Uh, well let's see, he sang like Marilyn Monroe on your birthday. <laughs> yes. Oh no no. well no. <laughs>
1: uh, this is I was on a show this morning in um uh, in Michigan. And they asked about and, and by the way they they, they 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 these two guys were hey you know there's so much value in the NITs, NIT, you know. It wasn't the usual, you know, arrogant, (laughs) if you're not in the big tournament, like everybody wants to be in the big tournament. Everybody does, all right? A, everybody wants to be in the big tournament. Simple as that. But if you can't be in that tournament, this tournament has great value. And I was explaining to them that without this tournament, Penn State would not have played Temple, not the best team, but they would not have played Temple at home, which gave Shep Garner and Julian Moore one more home game. Without the NIT, Penn State would then not have gone to Notre Dame to play Notre Dame, which is a very good team and was the uh, last team not to make the NCAA tournament field. And then the, you know, never trailing and winning. They would not have had a chance to then have Marquette at this time of the year, unless they were in the NIT, and to go there and win. And they would not have this opportunity tonight against Mississippi State. And I was explaining to them this morning, I said, you know, the NIT brings with it different things for different teams. The two teams that are playing the first game tonight, a little bit more than two hours, will be Western Kentucky and Utah. They're both older teams. They're both older teams. So, there are several seniors on each team that are trying to finish out their careers right. But here's a case with Penn State and Mississippi State. And let's just now just take this in a Penn State mode. So we'll leave it there. Look at Penn State. They are an a younger team that's now making the turn to being an older team. So they're going from a predominantly sophomore group, right? So they're making that turn from being a younger team to being an older team, and they've been able to do it with the experience of playing in this tournament. we in the month of March, you know, to beat Northwestern, to beat Ohio State, to beat Temple, to win at Notre Dame, to win at Marquette. That's been invaluable plus the extra practice. So for a younger team that's making the turn to being an older team, an experience like this and a run like this is invaluable. And, I mean, that's and that's where they are. and They're going to get a really good opponent tonight in Mississippi State on a neutral floor. So that's what it means to be in the tournament. You also start to look at, Frank Fran Fischilla made this point today. He says, you know, once you get through the first weekend, he says, you're looking around, and you're saying to yourself, all right, there are only 16 teams in that, we're still playing. He said, then you get to this week, and you look around, and you're still playing, and everybody else has gone home. So you get a different uh, feel for what... What it means to be in the tournament So I think That part is an invaluable experience And people are watching Uh, The NIT Ratings Are up 10% Over last year Now let's be fair here A part of this has been The state of Kentucky Loves its basketball In the Sweet 16 Who had the highest rating In the Sweet 16 games Oh Kentucky. The Kentucky game had the highest rating of anybody over the weekend. And then you look at the NIT and in the NIT Louisville which played three NIT games drew big ratings, big numbers. In fact, the Louisville Western Kentucky game of the quarterfinal which Western Kentucky won drew nine hundred thirty. 3,000 viewers. Now guess what was second? Penn State and Marquette drew 897,000 viewers. And, And that's what's been impressive about this. Is that people have been watching it, and I'll, I'll give you a little perspective. I mean, I mentioned the other day the Penn State Notre Dame game had six hundred thirty-two thousand viewers. The NCAA Wrestling Championships at six twenty-eight in prime time, uh, and that's something that, uh, for example, the NIT ratings are up. Now the NCAA ratings are down. You know, they are down. So the NCAA ratings are down a bit And expect the NCAA Final Four To have lower ratings than last year Why? Because last year the Final Four was on CBS This year it's on TBS Next year when it goes back to CBS I'll remind everybody that you're going to see a ratings increase you know, I went through this last year Next year it'll be down I think uh, three years ago I said Look, it's going to go up next year because It's on CBS I said The year after it's going to go down Well, now we're, this will be the year it goes down Wrestling, it's interesting how it came out. Wrestling had the lowest viewership in six years. I mean, that was something, I, I'm not, you know. Uh, they the Wrestling's ratings were 8% lower than last year, and the viewership was 15% lower than last year. So that, that's, because that's, uh, if you notice, the the wrestling community did not put out the press releases about ratings because the ratings fell. And so people have been interested in watching this across the country. Now, is it getting the same rating as NCIS? Oh, no, please. You know, he put 897,000 homes for Penn State Marquette. Nine hundred thirty-three thousand homes for Louisville and Western
2: Kentucky. It's
1: pretty good. That's pretty good.
2: By the way, speaking of and, Louisville, uh, the story came out over the last hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Mack leaving Xavier yeah. to go to uh, Louisville. Seven-year wow. deal for four million a year. Look,
1: Louisville has outstanding facilities. They have a big basketball budget. It is backed up by ACC money. You can't compare the money that's poured into the Big East as to what's poured into the from the ACC. You can't. I don't blame Chris Mack for for doing that. Uh, I I think the opportunity is too great. Jeff Capel got hired by Pitt today. Not only that, you see Capel got a seven year deal. I mean Heather like knows that you know there's going to be a rebuilding process that needs to go on there. All right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap it up from Manhattan in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Welcome back to the Marriott Marquis at Times Square here in Manhattan, looking straight down at Broadway. Uh, nine thirty—the tip-off tonight. Nine o'clock—the airtime. Penn State and Mississippi State at Madison Square Garden. First game: Western Kentucky and Utah at seven. And uh, this will be two very, very interesting games tonight. But you do get to this point. Everybody's come in. They all have momentum. They're all playing well. So now you got to go out and play 40 minutes tonight and find out which one can survive and get to uh, Thursday.
2: You've been to many a shoot-arounds. Is there some time, is there a time here and there that probably you see something at shoot-around that can parlay into something great at a pivotal point in a game later that night? Anything like that happen today at shoot-around or no?
1: No, they ran standard stuff today at shoot-around. I mean, a couple things that I look for, for example... Uh, I'll look at the free throw session to see who's in, because there are times where, you know, Lamar Stevens went through a slump. Well, he was slumping in practice, too. Uh, then I started to see him before the Big Ten tournament start to hit a few in practice, and he's had a great month at the free throw line. Uh, you know, I'll look at how Tony's shooting free throws certain situations. I'll see what sets they want to run. Uh, At this point, you know, he's got a couple little wrinkles in there, so I'll see the wrinkles. So he's got a couple in there for tonight that they want to run. Uh, You know, I'll give you an example. uh, You know, the play they ran at the end of the Ohio State game, they practiced that play. They also ran it in the Marquette game, too, uh, at a key spot in the fourth quarter. And then the play they ran against Temple to Garner that put the game away, they practice that play and shoot around five, six times that day. You know, and it's they, been in there before, but he hasn't used it that that often. Rarely, it's not going to show up often on film. And he said, "Look, there's a point tonight. I think we're going to have to use this." And they ran it five, six different times. And when it came to the game, they executed it perfectly. And so I mean, sometimes, sometimes, I mean, sometimes they see stuff like that. You know, you can see what you know what they want to do game plan wise. How, you know how they want to run it. You know, and Shep Garner's become a really good player for them in, in a lot of ways. I mean, we see how Shep shoots. He's averaging twenty point two points a game in his five Madison Square Garden games. Uh, but Shep has become a, a an improved defender, and he has become an outstanding screener. I don't think people have any idea how many points Penn State has scored in this stretch run because Shep Garner shed a, uh, set a screen that allowed the shooter to get into a spot to score. And a lot of those screens are down low where you're not going to see it. And John Harris is a really good screener, too. Um, but Penn, Penn State's been getting to the free throw line. They spent a good chunk of the season not getting there. Now they've had 20 attempts or better in each of the last five games. In fact, they're averaging 24 free throw attempts per game in the last five games. And Penn State's hitting 77% of them in the span. I mean, that's been great to get free points. That's That's been a big plus for them. And Tony Carr's shot the ball well in Madison Square Garden as well. He's averaging like 18.5 points a game in his Madison Square Garden games. S-
2: since you three, brought Since you brought his yeah. name up... <laughs> Uh, when when he takes the three point shot, he has such a rainbow with the way the ball, the trajectory. It has <laughs> yeah. such a it has such a rainbow effect to it. I mean, am I looking at it wrong, or I mean, no, or is no, that just no, a, no. that's just his shooting style?
1: Bill Bill Raftery had a great had a great line, and I think he said it on BTN not on CBS. He said, there's some CYO leagues where the ceiling isn't high enough for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, at Madison Square Garden, Madison Square is absolutely built perfectly for that shot. But, yeah, he does take a very high arching shot. So there you go. Uh, Zane Rutherford, Hodge Award winner, second consecutive year. Penn State's won four of the last ten. He's won two of them. And pound for pound, he is the best wrestler in the country. And basketball tonight, the NIT semifinals at Madison Square Garden here in New York. The Nittany Lions and Mississippi State, 9.30 The tip off on beginning at 9 o'clock on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Streaming live on WKOK.com and on the Penn State Sports Network. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury
1: and on WKOK.com.